Hi, Danielle. Hi, Mel. How are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? Uh, yeah, it's great. It's great to be on the other side of the holidays in what feels like uh, the energy still of the other cards that we talked about, which is getting some rest, reviewing, renewal, self-care, uh, time out. And also because it's still quite cold. I don't know what the weather's like over there, but over here it's been about four or five degrees. So right, a little bit too cold to enjoy going too far in the outdoors. Right. Yeah. It's been a little, um, weird weather wise here have, I've had an unusually warm weather. Um, and then a couple of days of really cold, but then the other areas of the, the United States where it's normally warm has had snow. It's been very wow. interesting. So <laughs> things yeah, are changing. Seen that. Yeah. Different weather patterns. So we're going to look at card five, the Hierophant in the Tarot major Okana series that we're doing yeah yeah, yeah. the hierophant it's kind of interesting how um as we've been doing the series how it leads they naturally lead into the next one and how it just seems to make sense as you go through these you know as you read cards it, you start to take in the information but once you start to really focus in on these different suits or the major arcana as we are, how they really do align in the way that we travel through this, uh, through these cycles, through these lesson yeah. plans. Yeah. And so, yeah. So, um, so of course today we are talking about the Hierophant and our Hierophant is going to be that of masculine energy. As we've stated in every podcast about each one of these cards, we all have a masculine and feminine within us. So this doesn't mean the masculine in your world or as you, the masculine, this is the part of us that's within that is masculine within us. This is the, the go-getter, the thing that makes the things into material form. So the masculine is now stepping forward yet again, like the emperor. And this time it's more in rules and tradition. So the Hierophant is, you know, on the card, he looks like the Pope, right? Mm -hmm. Or or somebody of priestly nature, somebody that is a traditional leader in that way. Yeah, so the qualities of the card as well, or the element, I think you were saying it's an earth element? Yeah, so you are definitely working within the earth element. And so this is, this is at the point where, and think of this, when I say this, you know, I know that some of us have weird relationships with the church and things like that, but this is just the easiest way to describe it. And um, imagine if you will, the, the spiritual leader in your life and how, you know, the new age is called channeling, but this is how mm -hmm. we bring spiritual information down and allow it to come to those that you're leading the the information that you've received from your talks with spirit through meditation through prayer breath work you know um art creating things can a lot of times open up a pathway for us to receive the spiritual information and the hierophant steps forward and says how are we you know giving this to others how are we allowing this information that's within us to go and speak to other people, you know, and the counterpart to the high priestess, or I'm sorry, to the hierophant is the high priestess. Mm. So if we think about the inner world uh, that we did with the high priestess and how it's the inner world of the spiritual world, where we had to walk through the two pillars of light and dark. And this is how we really began to open ourselves up to receiving this information. The hierophant comes forward and says, now that you've um, access this information. How are we teaching this information? How are we spreading this information? Are we spreading this through traditional ways or non-traditional ways, you know, because non-traditional ways would include things like artwork, um, you know, uh, the way we parent, uh, things like that. And so, and then you have your more spiritual nature, which is what you'll see inside of church groups or through, um, you know, the Pope being the biggest one that you see that information, supposedly he's the highest realm in receiving information and then spreads it down to the masses. So the Hierophant is definitely earth energy in that way. Um, just getting it from point A to point C really, and allowing others to be informed about the spiritual learnings that you've, you've been receiving. And also it, um, 
that as you say there are some people that follow a particular religion you know a way of um connecting with their spirituality and how that uh, exists in their lives and then there are people who may have followed a particular religion for a time and then gone on the path of discovery and sought to uh, like a lot of us you know whether or not you come under the new age movement banner but may have uh, gone to explore what uh, Buddhism was like or Hinduism or you know look to Islam all of these different uh, groups and find out kind of what they're because they all have that's the connection isn't it they all have a structure beliefs uh, ideas about why we're here what we're here to do how we live our day-to-day existence um, and some kind of doctrine that sits in and sometimes people connect with with that uh, set of ideas in that particular religious uh, movement or spiritual movement and other people will go and learn about those different um, groups but then never really connect with anything and they're, they're doing this process of sifting and sorting so it sort of requires us to be open-minded that some people can be within that structure and hold those beliefs and values and nothing ever, ever really changed for them. And other people may go around sifting and sorting and finding out because it's that journey, like with the fool, they're on the, they're on the journey to learning about the self right. and the people that they come into contact with and how do they make sense of this information that's coming in and what do they do with that if they're not right. sitting under any particular doctrine. Yeah, that's exactly it. You know, the beautiful part is there is no one path. And although using religion as um, a baseline for us, and that's just because most people have been introduced to religion in one form or another, it allows us to kind of grasp this concept that we're talking about. But there is no one right path. There's no one tradition that works above others. And it's exactly right. You know, discernment is a key to everything that you're doing in this journey using your discernment if something doesn't feel right it doesn't mean you have to accept it for yourself you know there's a lot of beautiful um you know groups or communities that not everything you have to 100% adhere to and and that's the beauty of using your discernment is being able to decide what's right for you and what's not again like you were saying i did Uh, really enjoy my time with the church. It really opened me up. But then I also realized that there was a lot of things that I didn't like in the church. Mm -hmm. And so I began a different journey of spirituality. What, what led me to myself in a different form than, you know, these strict guidelines. So this is also the Hierophant coming in and saying that just because it's tradition in this way, doesn't mean it's tradition across the board Mm -hmm. and Hierophant really allows you to come in and, and discern what works for you and what doesn't work for you, because it's not a one size fits all experience. Your experience is as unique as you are. And the higher fan allows you to follow your own set of rules and guidelines, your own traditions and what works for you and doesn't work for you. This is kind of like, um, a, a rite of passage when, uh, when the hierophant comes forward, you know, now it's time for you to be in a position of passing down the spiritual information you've learned from card one magician up to the emperor. At this point, you've been really receiving as the fool a lot of information. And now the hierophant's like, okay, you can start teaching uh, what it is that, that you know, and what is it within your tradition, within your understanding that you want to pass down. And when the hierophant Um, comes forward for this, a lot of times I think of my ancestors. I think of what we've learned, what we've been conditioned inside of, and not all conditioning is bad. Some conditioning you really keep with you, you know, like probably the conditioning of not killing your neighbor. It's probably a good idea, right? That's the type of tradition you want to carry with you. And then you know, within that, you know, although you are definitely not in the mood to, you know, not want, you're not about that life, you know, (laughs) killing off people, you might also find that, you know, like in the Bible, you know, not wearing two different forms of clothing, you know, not cotton and polyester, but we live in a world now where we've widely accepted that that's okay. So that's bringing in a new tradition. And that's recognizing that even within the standards of religion and that they grow 
and move forward with what fits in that time frame and what fits with the tradition that is they're creating now. And so the Hierophant isn't going to be stuck in one tradition. The Hierophant's kind of opening your eyes up to the many traditions there are available to us. Mm. It's it's interesting in terms of how the different people I've come across in the journey through the different contexts I've worked in is that sometimes tradition, culture, beliefs can be quite rigid and can be can feel quite rigid to the person who may have sat within that without ever questioning that. And so for them, it can be that they need to break free. And I've equally seen on the other side of the coin, people who don't seem to have any tradition, any framework, any strong beliefs about anything can can seem like they're wavering too much in life. And one of the things that we've noticed in when we've worked therapeutically with people or in, you know, or within the psychological frame is sometimes you have to kind of, a bit like what you're saying, you can go and experience these different uh, cultures and groups and religions and traditions and then decide what is it that you want to bring into your own framework so that you can function in day-to-day life. And we know that in psychiatric care, for example, is you know, you need a certain amount of sleep. So you need a framework in which how are you going to be before you go to sleep where you don't run over all the events in the daytime that have been really disturbing to you. So doing something around breath work or meditation or saying a prayer, setting an intention for the next day actually sets you up very differently for the next day. And some of the research is showing that. And so, and it depends on your personality because I'm quite a, I've always been freedom loving and, and experienced lots of different cultures and lifestyles and been to different places and dabbled in and out of different experiences. But I remember getting to a stage where I realized the benefit of having a framework, having some kind of structure. So it's almost like you can, the structure can be too tight and too rigid for some people. So it might be that they need to break out of that or reevaluate like what you're saying and think about where am I now? is this message still aligning with who I am? And that can be very difficult for some people who are in tight cultures, tight uh, traditions. And on the other hand, having nothing in place is almost like, you know, this this water that can sort of waver about anywhere. Well, it almost kind of feels like chaos, right? Like a little chaotic. And and when you don't have a structure, and that's the beauty of, of structure, there is a lot of, you know, we we teach people when they have children that children thrive inside of structure. Well, there is a lot of aspects of the adult that still thrives in this structure. We can't wander aimlessly for all of our lives and feel Mm. fulfilled. So we need some level of structure and whatever that structure looks like to you, there's not, again, there's not one way. And that's the Hierophant coming in and saying, Hey, structure looks good what is your structure? What is it that you feel that you've learned that works? What is it that you want to pass down uh, to those around you, be it your children, your spouse, your friends, your, your colleagues that could possibly allow this type of structure? Um, you know, to, and it doesn't matter how rigid it, or not it is. This is your experience, right? And another yeah. person's rigidity could be another person's freedom, and so, you know, just be able to express yourself is the, the key to the Hierophant card, be able to express the tradition that is important to you. Mm-hmm. You know, the planet, we, we talked about this being masculine, the planet is Venus. And it's funny because when we think of Venus, Venus is love. We don't really think of it in a masculine form, right? But that's the beauty of it is love is love is love. There is neither feminine or masculine to Venus. It is love. And so when we're talking about receiving information from a different source, that's now being filtered through you, through the work that we've done with the high priestess, through the work we've done through the magician and the emperor and the empress, we're really starting to take note that there is a solid message of love behind every ounce of what we're learning. And so the Hierophant having the planet Venus as it's, as it's cue, right. As it's planet it's going to be about what you're learning in love and are what are you, are you teaching love are you teaching your version of love to whoever it is that you're in, in you know in front of or are you teaching something more rigid and harsh you know I, we talked about church before mm-hmm. i grew up in a 
Southern Baptist church. And although my parents weren't really that level of Southern Baptist, you know, it was all fire and brimstone. It was very rigid in its teachings. It was, you know, no dancing, no drinking, no, no aspect of fun inside of what you can do if you're a religious person. So of course, you know, my family broke free of that because we didn't really live in that level of um, tradition. Um, so when you talk about, and it didn't feel like it was filled with love, right? Mm-hmm. So when you talk That's about good. Venus being in charge of this Hierophant card, mm-hmm really you're saying that in what I teaching is the traditions I'm teaching, the things I'm conditioning in, is it love and allow the hierophant to really push that through for you because you've learned how to connect to spirit and spirit in no way, shape or form has ever been anything but love. It's how we receive it. It's how we decipher it. It's how we discern Mm -hmm. um, between our brain and, you know, this earthly materialized brain of ours and the spiritual nature that comes through, if it's not in love, then you're probably twisting some things up because spirit has never taught me in anything outside of love, any, anything outside of truth and truth is love. You know, truth is how we work our way forward. And, and the Hierophant really allows for this moment of clarity to come forward and say, am I teaching in love? Have I been conditioned in love? Am I trying to condition others in love or is what I'm doing rigid, harsh, um, unmoving. And, and it really opens the, these questions up for us. Yeah. And it's not something I've heard express that much over the years with the different groups I've come into contact with that really what this is all about is love. It's been more about, this is how you do it. This is what we believe. And this is how you perform. And sometimes people struggle to perform in a way or believe in something because, again, their heart's not in it. And that phrase, your heart's not in it, you know, is about love, isn't it? Because the the heart being the frequency and also the space that connects you between earth and heaven, if we look at it on a spiritual level in terms of the way we talk about the chakras, it's midpoint. It's everything as as above, as below. And um, do we do we teach people to adhere to the structure through the fear so that's then about control or do we teach them that actually when we're biased when we are having opinions about people when we gossip about people when we you know this is this is all still behavior that happens within these structures therefore is the love that we're emanating and we know that if you're around people that are like that that are freely generous with their love and are graceful to be around, it's a very different experience. And yeah. at the same time, we don't invest in that structure. We we work on structures in our own lives, in our home, in our workplace, wherever those, because the structures will be different, won't they, in, in right. different settings. And you'll yeah. have those leaders in every setting. And whether we know it or not, we don't have to track back that far to see how religion uh and spirituality of some form has influenced our beliefs and our ideals and our ideologies today yeah yeah it's true because even if we're not talking inside of the church or inside of these spiritual uh groups these um cult-like experiences it's it's what are the people that you know that are in them that what are they teaching are they teaching fear Are they teaching, you know, everybody must be the same and different, different is not okay. Or are we teaching more along the lines of love is love and however Mm -hmm. you express that and however it feels to you and, and is your heart in it is definitely the way to put it. Like, is your heart in what you're doing? Cause if it's not, and you feel fear bubbling up, then that's not your, that's not love. There is no room for fear inside of love you know, and you can tell that in the, in the way that you fall head over heels with people, there's really no fear that you can't help it. It just is, it just becomes, and that is that. And, and it's not until the fear starts to set in that the weird things start to happen inside. And and that's, you know, just talking significant Mm -hmm. other relationships, but also in, in friendships and then the way you parent and the way you work with others and the way you attend life daily if there's a lot of fear involved in it, you're definitely not living inside of love. And the hierophant comes in and says, you know, you have the teachings now, mm. you know, how are we in misinterpreting them? How are we teaching them? You know, I like to ask them questions on my cards typically. 
And so a couple of the questions I tend to ask are, you know, what is my relationship to my past? Was my past filled with love or was it filled with fear? This really will open up a lot of, a lot of sub questions for you. And so if I were you, I would just write those down and begin to answer them as you can. This is a path of healing after all. And if you allow yourself to ask what that relationship uh, to your past is, if it's filled with fear, then it's time to heal that. Then it's time Mm -hmm. to move forward from that and find the ways that you can do that. Um, you know, what is my relationship to my ancestors? Now your ancestors are as close to you as your parents you know, ancestors go all the way back to the beginning of time to the people that raised you. And so what is your relationship to your ancestors, both the past and current? And if that isn't love, then it's time to start asking some harder questions of yourself. Is it because you still haven't healed the trauma of your youth or the harm from your, your past? And if it is filled with love, maybe it's time to really tap into those things that bring that love to you, that allow you to, to fully be in that moment and filled with that love. And, uh, so another question is how do I feel about tradition? Mm -hmm. Now, this seems like a really simple question, but it's not, it's a, it's a loaded question. And I asked it that way for, with purpose, you know, there's going to be aspects of your tradition that you really love, like every holiday, your family does this thing and you love it tremendously. But at the same time, that one aunt, you can't keep their mouth shut. And every year we end up in a fight. So I hate that part of my tradition. Okay. So that takes us back to what is my relationship to my ancestors? What is the relationship to those who've come before me? How do we heal those things? And then what is my relationship to traditional leaders? What is my relationship to the church? What is my relationship to the teachers in my life? What is my relationship to the spiritual community? What is, you know, my relationship with my, um, the boss, you know, like, have I had a history of choosing the wrong job or the wrong, um, manager to work under, you know, again, this is a reflective world. So it's really time to start asking those hard questions. Don't get me wrong. You're going to come across just the worst now. And again, that's here to teach us a lesson about who we do not want to be. And, Um, but if you have a tendency to walk into that time after time, you can start asking yourself those harder questions. Like why is my relationship in this way to every traditional leader I've ever come across? Right. And now you can start asking the deeper questions like we did with the empress, which is, and the high priestess, which is if I'm in a fight with everybody I come across, there has to be a reflection there of some sort. And so this just gets deeper and deeper as this major arcana comes and it just goes in different ways. And it's always going to come back to using your discernment. Are you conditioned in the wrong ways? Is your tradition leading you down a path that you don't feel sovereign? You don't feel your freedom of self. You don't have the autonomy of self and allow yourself to discern that. I know it feels scary, especially if you've been, um, very, uh, structured in a, in an unhealthy way. Cause there are structures that are very unhealthy and am I structured in a way that prevents me from being myself, from seeing myself fully from living my best life, or am I leading a structured path that allows me to be filled with love and honor those who came before me? Yeah. I, I, they're all in isolation, big questions. And I, and I think what often when I've been wrangling with something in the present, I'd go back to what messages did I receive about, you know, that thing that it is that I'm looking at. So I certainly know the messages that I received about religion were based on my mum's experiences of the family being in a Catholic church. They were, and it's also about context because I was talking to a friend the other day and we were looking at um, how different groups of people based on religion are discriminated against. And so we were looking at the, uh, the Catholic and the Church of England and the, um, uh, gosh, I can't remember the other word for it, in, in Scotland. But my mum was brought up in a culture where they were demonising certain groups of people and saying, if you go with them, this is the kind of person you are, stay away from them. And using terminology like they're evil, they're not human, they're not, you know. Yeah. Which, um, you know, I know I'm going back a few decades, but that can still 
happen in uh, certain groups and certain cultures. Right. And then and elevating this um, this religion and this way of being that that didn't look like it was serving the people and looking after the people that had fell on hard times. It was about taking and and bringing all the resources into that one central place. And that was the messages I was given. And when you're growing up as a child, of course, you take on a lot of those messages as though they're facts, as though they're yeah. real. And yeah. that can heavily influence and bias you towards going to experience something that you might have a totally different experience of. Exactly. And come into contact with somebody that may represent that religion. But the other element that I've been fascinated with is in the world of yoga, for example, where you go and you know it's not an exercise class it's about meditation it's it's about going in that inner journey and finding yourself and um having these experiences is sometimes we can wrongly invest in the person who is that leader that you're talking about because we found something that we relate to and for some reason maybe they're more charismatic or there's a message that talks to us but we can sometimes wrongly assume that that's the person we should always invest in and spend time with right we forget that they're human and fallible and quite possessive of the ability to to let the ego run the show which is the equivalent of these bad traditional church leaders you have the 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 guru type leader who is i i'm the end all be all and if you follow my exact word yeah yeah. yeah, they even put themselves elevated. And yeah. you see that in a lot of the the yoga type um yes. groups which are from grace in the last decade. Yeah, yeah. And so everybody's, you know, this is why discernment is so important. And every card we're going to show you in every aspect of your life that you lead, discernment yeah. is important because there's not one person in this world that is free of sin, which I like to use the word fear instead of sin. So free of fear and in the sense that they're quite capable of allowing these conditionings that they haven't worked through to run its course on the people that follow them blindly. So Mm -hmm. discernment along any arena that you work in is very important. There's not a way to understate discernment in this, the world that we live in. Because it's a huge responsibility, isn't it? If you're li- if you take in or you know a leadership uh, position in any context, but the more people you know, if you're running a yoga class, for example, I was always quite clear at saying, you know, this is about feeling into your body and about what feels right. And if that feels like pain, you know, do you push yourself beyond that pain? No. Do you subtly, like in Yin Yoga, you subtly go to the edge. And it's always going to the edge and then coming back and going to the edge. And it's not for me to say what is right for you on your journey. But it's also a a big responsibility because if we're teaching, sometimes Mm. we're a couple of steps ahead in other people's journey and people look for someone else for that information and inspiration and they get it. But they can then think that that is the source. The end all be all. Right. Back outside of themselves, externalizing what we do in in other aspects in life and it's tricky because we can all get caught out and it it's like a false it, like a false idol in a sense isn't it yeah you know? yeah this is this is what they talk about you know like we don't worship false idols and this is that's the discernment and we have to realize that everybody's human that you're working with and allow them that that uh understanding you know um some people you'll know right away if something feels wrong you know um to to maybe really start putting your your discernment ears on a little tighter turn up the volume a little bit because you know like mel said when mel's leading a group she's not telling them how to do or how to feel Mm -hmm. she's using movement and breath and visualization to kind of get you into a moment where you have the journey and a true leader a true hierophant a true the truest of the true are never going to tell you the path you should walk they're just going to kind of spotlight the path that they took Mm -hmm. and say this is how i've worked through it 
And that doesn't mean that's the way you have to work through it. And when you have the Hierophant, I'm going to say it again, if it doesn't come from love, it is not coming from source. It's not coming from spirit. It's not coming from the place of love. And we are here to listen to the place of love and fear has no room for that. And the moment you start to have doubts, questions, fears, about the person that you are following, it is time to really sit down and ask yourself those questions. What is my, the questions that we talked about, you know, what is my relationship to this? Why is it that I am allowing myself to fall in to something that if I were to use my discerning mind, I wouldn't do otherwise and give yourself that, that moment. But if you are the Hierophant and you've noticed, and it's okay, because we, that's the beauty of being a human. We can course correct at any time. Mm-hmm. You know, I've been the, the stringent leader. I've been the one that, you know, had micromanaged my children. I've, I've done that in my relationships before. And, and I real once I, the moment I realized that I wasn't doing these things out of love, I was doing these for control reasons because it helped me control my existence, then I stopped doing it. I, and there's no reason to guilt or shame yourself over it. People are human. We make mistakes. And then it's time for, once you are aware of the mistake, that's when it's time for the change. And we don't have to harbor, you know, no matter how long we took to make that mistake, we don't have to sit in that mistake for any more moments than when we realize it was the mistake and then move forward. And the higher fan is really great at allowing us this insight, this clarity of moving forward with our existence and not holding ourselves to the conditioned past that we once had. Yeah, although it's probably a new journey for a proportion of people, a journey that maybe some groups have been on for a while to move out of fear into love and have that trust in themselves because we're a hierarchical society and it's often been about division of everything being polarized as we've talked about in other podcasts that we've done you know love hate this or that me and other and, you're different you know, so we can't like different yeah, yeah. and yeah. how do we manage information that doesn't sit within our own frame of reference and if we've got if we're in a leadership position we have a responsibility to not also get caught up in that it's good if it's this, it's bad, you know, if it's that. Of course, as we say in other podcasts, you know, uh, if you're in a life and death situation, you've got to make those split decisions because Absolutely. that's saving you in that, that moment. And so that hierarchy that exists, and a lot of it is unnoticeable of how we put our thoughts and our attention elsewhere. Yeah. Psychologically, we're, we're often just transferring our past ideas of how we function within any group setting and it's easier to do on our own it's easier to take the path on your own it's when you're out there with other groups of people because groups are very powerful and if you are different within a group that operates in that way that's where sometimes it's a real challenge um to go outside of that because that's when the fear can happen and and it can be things like you know there's a common one isn't there you know like if you walk under a ladder um, you know something's going to happen to you yeah well, that's that sort of fear isn't it that yeah. we are subtly influenced with all the time and it's how yeah. do we slowly take some steps to break away from some of the things that we think it's going to be hell and damnation if we do do otherwise. exactly exactly yeah. I mean there's a lot of people in hell and dealing with damnation if we were to follow the strict guidelines of our past <laughs> traditional leaders yeah. and that's just not Many the case leaders and everything evolves. And, you know, that's one, that's part of what I want to talk about with the Hierophant before we move out. And I kind of give you a quick tarot spread before we end is, you know, everything in this world evolves. Yeah. And I know when we sit still in the moment that we're in, all we can see, because we have so much information available to us now, all we can see is what's wrong in, the, in society, what's wrong with the traditional leaders, what's wrong, wrong, wrong. That's fear, mm-hmm. right? Everything evolves. Even the church evolves. And in, although we still have these more of these segmented churches that are teaching this, you know, fire and brimstone, everybody must be the same, you know, different is not okay. You also have the churches that are stepping forward now that are, Mm. that are more accepting of the human nature that we are. And they're saying, look, we're sorry for what the church has done to you in the past. Come here. We have open arms Mm. now. And I'm not a churchgoer, 
but I've had to heal from my own church experiences and, and have ask a lot of these difficult questions when the Hierophant came in and started to present the, itself to me in this. And mm-hmm. part of that healing was just the understanding that things change, things evolve, and we just have to hold steady using our own discernment and our own knowing, trusting our intuitive, intuitive side of ourselves, trusting the things that we already know deep within us, trusting our heart that these things will change and you can be part of that change. And it doesn't have to be an angry change. It can Mm -hmm. simply be, you live your own existence and it loses that, that grip that it has on you through conditioning of the ages. It's not, it's not a decades old. This we're talking centuries old of, you know, conditioning that we're having to work through. So it takes time to evolve out of those things. And so when the Hierophant comes, just allow yourself the acknowledgement that things change, things evolve along with yourself and allow yourself to evolve past the anger, past the fear, past the need to rebel in those arenas and just know that things will change. And you might be the person that makes that change. It might be a group of you. It doesn't matter. It changes. And we are part of the evolving process and we always are evolving. And so we have to allow that, that knowledge to seep deep within us whenever we're beginning to heal from these traditional leaders that might've led us astray or led us down a darker path or told us that we were, you know, if we didn't follow these certain guidelines that we would, you know, be damned for all of eternity, you know, living in whatever, whatever their version of hell, be it in your next life or be it in that, you know, the actual physical hell that is created by people that have never been there. Well, as you were talking, um, what occurred to me is often when we're on this journey of healing, sometimes there are some very deep um, ideas and impressions that we've heard or experienced that cause us deep pain. And some of the ones that have come through recently in some of the work that I've been doing um, in my projects are two things that still have are so loaded that cause so much torment sex before marriage and when you get married that you should never get divorced and the idea that you're with one person for the rest of your life now I have had this conversation with some of the women in the group that I've worked with and said okay well nobody really signs up when they get married to get divorced however you've just been talking about how we evolve people are evolving the humans are evolving our ways of defining relationships and um the way that we relate to people in so many different ways and the demarcation we put between lover husband friend partner brother sister you know this demarcation about how we view love how we look at attachment how we see ourselves in those relationships but these underlying things that some people have wrapped their heads around moved on and have not been tormented by and other people can be massively tormented and I'm working with a woman at the moment you know at the moment that has been in a really violent relationship for a long time and she's still got this very strong idea about but I shouldn't be getting divorced right you know and I and I think anyone who's watched the Tina Turner story right um you know the film yeah that was pretty much the message that she got from everyone around yeah you can't get a divorce you're not allowed to evolve but if we look back on how marriage kind of was created it had nothing to do with love it had everything to do with you know these arranged yeah arranged type experiences where it wasn't love it was business deals it was you know what can i get from you kind of experience. So of course, divorcing wasn't going to be applicable. You just got into business with somebody. And so, you know, that in itself has evolved inside of this sanctity of marriage, which marriage honestly is not what we think it is because once you connect with somebody, you are spiritually married and you don't have to have the eyes of the law telling you otherwise, because now it is about love. Now it is about, this is the person I want to create a life with. And if things change, then they change. So inside of that evolvement, I mean, marriage itself has evolved. And so now we are just trying to catch up, you know, it wasn't until queen Victoria that we wore white dresses. (laughs) So, you know, it's like, there's nothing about the purity of 
wearing a white dress or being a virgin when you get married. It had to do with a fashion statement that some queen wanted, uh, you know, back in the day. And so (laughs) everything just has this evolvement and there's a lot of healing that we need to do beyond just our direct ancestors. We have a lot of tradition that needs to be healed. You know, we have a lot of understanding that needs to be done. You know, I will always recommend a great way to practice discernment is doing research on the history of us, the history of our world, the history of the things that matter to you. And it like, it's an eye opener. When I started doing it myself, I was like, holy crap, you know, like everything evolves, everything changes, everything started from this one aspect and we've created beyond that. Yeah. So now and we get canonized, solidified. Yes. <laughs> And yes. this is how we eat and this is how we cook our meat and this is how we uh, dress and this is, and yeah, it made sense in the context when it's created because of the weather conditions or the the way that we traveled or the, the we only had access to certain food and it does, you're right. Um, I've done quite a lot of backtracking on a range yeah. of subjects yeah. and it's when you go, wow, like you said, it was fashion. It wasn't anything to do with you know, our we just changed it to being yeah, something else. Something. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. it's crazy. Yeah. But yeah, so the higher fan will come and really teach you some, some poignant lessons in tradition and how we uh, take traditional thoughts. And, you know, for whatever reason, this keeps coming to my mind. One of my favorite things to do is compare storylines and one specifically storylines from the Bible and comparing them to older storylines and see how they line up. You know, we have a creation story and this story goes all the way back to the Sumerian tablets. It's not, it wasn't created, you know, when Jesus was born, this, he just, they just happened to use parts of different stories. And so one of the things I, I came across was the story of Moses And, um, I started doing some research and come to find out Anubis, which is the, um, the person that walks you through the tests, you know, think 10 commandments, right? So we walk you through the tests of the underworld, um, is the same storyline. Both were, uh, you know, boy children that were being murdered and they, the mother of the child sent them in a reed basket and down the Nile and mm. was picked up. And one was a, um, a Pharaoh's wife. And then another was just some goddess Isis, I think was who it was who picked him up. And, and so it's like the same story. It's just a different way that we've <laughs> evolved said story. And one is all about opening ourselves up to a new world. And the other one is, about ways that we can control, you know, we all have these traditions, we all have these stories of us, and it's how we interpret that and how we decide to then pay it forward that the story gets adjusted. And for me and my personal well-being, I choose to pick the stories of love and the stories of opening up our world and not the stories that back us into corners or make the room tighter. And so again, learn a little bit about our past, use a little discernment in the meantime, and you'd be surprised at how quickly you can forgive things because now you kind of grasp the concept of what they are. And the Hierophant really steps forward and allows us that opportunity to do so. While sitting in your own or developing your own knowing of what feels right in terms of the information that you're getting, because it could be that we're all on an individual path and it might be that for some they will dip in and out of several things. And for others, they'll find a cause and something that is, it it, it works for them. And if you don't know what your knowing is, you need to go back to a point in your life when you did so that you can realize what you felt like. What did you see? What did you feel? Where was that in your body? Where was that knowing when you just knew something was right? It felt right in what you heard. Because I remember a while ago reading an article that this um, guide wrote in this self-development newsletter and we were talking about um the spiritual path a lot of spiritualists people who claim to be spiritual take and it was you know do you keep does it really do anything doing all these you know trips to all these different self-development courses and going to these mind body and spirit festivals is that a waste of money is it is it something or are we evolving with each bit of information that we get but the thing is there wasn't any right answer to that there's not because sometimes we can keep looking 
and and I can I'm a bit of a shiny object person yeah you know shiny object it's new I love it you're like a squirrel Ooh, shiny I want to go follow that (laughs) I'm the same I get it (laughs) and you get it and it's like you apply it and it may or may not you know be something at that time and then other things can sit way more but at different stages of our life sometimes we just need something that works for us at that time absolutely that's the thing that there's no wrong way to walk this path if you want to go to the mind body spirit fairs if you want to go to the wellness retreats if you feel like church every sunday is your thing there's not a wrong path there's not a wrong way to get there i started with the church and and i've told this story on here before which was you know asking i think it was like asking god into my heart and i felt the feeling and so i always knew i always knew there was something beyond me i just didn't know i just didn't think church was the way to go and so i kind of lost my way along that path because church was the only viable option at that point for what it was that that i thought was available exactly and now that we have more technology we see that there's all of these different ways to walk the street it all leads yeah. to the same place. It all leads to the same place. That's the beauty of it. So, yeah. you know, um, with that being said, did you have anything else that you wanted to um, discuss over the Hierophant? I, I think what we've uh, presented or posed today is sowed the seeds or asked people to sort of think a little bit more. Yeah. It's, it's just really that we, like with the other cards, we're just introducing a way of thinking about things yeah. that can help you either shift out of your own internal conflict, your own self-blame, your own feelings that keep you stuck. And whatever it is we're talking about, it's always about helping people do that, isn't it? It's not to stay in a place of self-torment and torture. No. But actually to come out of that, because there's no need to be there. No. You need to live. And as you've said many times, you deserve the best life. You really do. For forward into that space and as women that have lived in their own personal hell when you enter the gates of something that's more like an eden or a heaven you realize how responsible you get to be for the creation of your life how you create your world how you create what's in it the fear the love the everything in between and allow yourself to have these opportunities to really step out of your comfort zone in the way you've known things and walk into a new existence because we do deserve having happiness, joy, peace, harmony. And yes, there's some chaos that we have to learn on the way to get to those places. But once you're there, you understand the purpose of them and you are wiser for it. And it's worthy of going through the scary places to enter the new places. And so um, before we go, I do have a tarot spread for everybody that would like to learn more about their Hierophant self. Okay. So Keep the Hierophant in mind, pull the card if you would like. It's up to you. It'd be kind of funny if you didn't pull the Hierophant Mm -hmm. card and you ended up getting the Hierophant in the pool. So it's up to you. Now, this is a five card draw. I tried to find one that was shorter. It's the shortest I could find. So your first card, it's going to be the main lesson. Okay. Your second card is what are you breaking free of? What -hmm. traditions are you breaking free from? Number three is... What is the spiritual practice you can use? Number four is going to be, I am the teacher of, and the card that represents allows you to know where you're at in your journey and what you're teaching at this point. And then the fifth and final card is the change that is coming. So when you work through these first four, the change that is coming, what is, what can I look forward to again? I will never teach tarot as a way to define your future, but I will tell you that it gives you the available paths in your future because doors are open at all times for us and we get to choose. That's the freedom of choice that we have, right? We get Mm -hmm. to choose which path we take, which pattern we take. And tarot allows you not only the depth of insight, but when you turn it into a spread, it gives you some of the available options, or at least when I ask, I always ask for the highest possible path. And so when I get the highest possible path, now I have a way of seeing what life could look like if I chose this path. And so tarot really kind of opens the doors in that way. So again, you can pull the Hierophant card out and allow that to sit on top, or you can focus on the energy of the Hierophant and pull the five cards from there. It's up to you. There's no wrong way of doing it. 
So I think before we end, Danielle, and I don't normally do this, but I feel really compelled to ask you, um, which of those cards or in total in terms of a summary of doing that five card spread for yourself stands out in terms of what the Hierophant means for you? For me, it's the I am the teacher. Right. Yeah, it is always going because I teaching is just who I am. And I think we know this, but yeah, for me, it's what am I teaching? Am I teaching from a place of love or am I teaching from a place of fear? And that I am the teacher um, card. So number four will really kind of give you that idea because if you're teaching from, and I've used this a couple of times, but it's the easiest one. If I'm teaching this from three of swords, I'm teaching from a broken heart. Uh, And now we know that we need to heal the broken heart, right? Or if you're teaching and you get a major arcana card, like we have, and you say you get the, um, let's not use a card that we've already done or that we are not have, we've yet to do. So say that you get the high priestess, right? Now you're teaching from a place of spirituality. You're teaching a place from trusting your intuition. You're teaching from a place of your depth of knowing. And so again, these cards really can teach you a lot about yourself, about how you're doing things. And what about for you, which out of those five is yours? I think, um, the spiritual practice that I use has definitely, I've done it before, but I've been consciously making sure that I implement that every day because I've really noticed how, um, I can remain more steady rather than neither getting too stressed, too chaotic or staying inside that will and too bored. Yeah. Yeah. So that's come to my mind. And I think because for a lot of people, it's, it's January, if it's cold, it's that inward time because of the way my brain works. And because, you know, I can do this, work on that project, do this. It's like, no, step back and allow yourself to settle into that place and allow yourself to just be okay with, okay, the garden hasn't grown yet. You know, it's empty. The space is empty. So what could be the change that's coming? If there's a change coming, we need uh, resourcefulness. We need energy. We need our cup full. We need to have done some self-care before the change comes because you want the energy and the motivation and the uh, just that capacity to go with that flow rather than resistance because you've not given yourself that time beforehand. Right. Yeah. And you've got to free up the space by healing it. You know, things have to like have to dissolve in order for the space to be created or the room to be made. Yeah. So it's going, this is, it's beautiful. And I love this, the Hierophant. I really hope that you guys learned a lot from this. Um, again, we have a Facebook page at Mel and Danielle. And please like, and subscribe if you haven't already. And if you have, if you would like to share what it is that we're doing, we're building community here of people learning to heal and grow. And people need to know that we deserve a life that is filled with love and happiness. So join us next time. Yeah, definitely. Thank you, Danielle. Thank you. Thank you.